Hello, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard. Our guest this week is none other than Rob Scott, mindset coach. He's been on the show a few times. Uh, I absolutely love the things that he has to say. He always uh, always gives me a stimulating conversation. I always get very excited when, when we have a chance to talk uh, because I think that the work he's doing in, in, in affecting change in people's minds is so unbelievably important. So if you have a habit that you're trying to break, or a habit that you're trying to add, or uh, you know, you just you want to get from the place you are to the place you want to be. Rob is the guy for you. So please uh, give this a listen and and share it with somebody that you think needs to hear it. Here is my interview with Rob Scott. Rob Scott, mindset coach. Are you, are you still calling yourself a mindset coach? How are you? How are you framing what it is that you do before we even get into this? How, how are you framing what it is that you do now? First off, hello. It's hey, good man. To, it's good to be with you. Yeah, it's it's a great question. Um, mindset coach is fine. Uh, you know, life coach is fine. I, I do something called identity shifting, and I'd like to think that that's somehow unique. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I want people to really understand about me. That if they're coming to me, that we're going to be working on self concept and really changing kind of the sense of who they are in a meaningful way. So this is, I think, was our, our third time on the show, but we've talked more than that. We've we've talked Correct. several times since you were on the show the first time, and have really, I I, I really enjoy you in general. Um, but this, thank you, same same right back at you, man. Yeah. Um, so we we've talked to you a few times about about stuff. Um, one of the things, just to go back and and kind of remind people, like one of my favorite things uh, about what's unique to you, you know, I I, I was dismissive. Uh, ish early on where I was like oh it's it's just fake it till you make it and you were Mm. like no it's not fake it till you make it it's 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 just you just be it you just make yourself you believe that you are this you are this thing you believe these um, unconscious thoughts about yourself and you your whole life will change to fit those unconscious ideas uh that was for me like one of the more unique elements to what you bring to the table and and how you reframe uh, the individual. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm not, that's, it's overly reductive to what you do, but that to me was one of the most profound things that I've heard you say. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. I think that it's, I don't think that we understand how much our beliefs and our sense of self is what it's driving and how malleable it is. Mm -hmm. It feels very permanent. Mm-hmm. It's not permanent even throughout the day, right? Like it, like it's it's shifting on us all the time. Sure. Yet it's got a sense of almost self-change blindness. Like mm. it, it's it's anytime we want to step back into, oh yeah, I've always been you know bad at this or I've always been whatever. Uh, we're happy to take on that new narrative and sort of step into it as if it's always been true. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as it's going good, it's like you know what? It's uh, I'm always I, I am really great at this or whatever. And and there's a there's a self-awareness piece that's missing there. And a way to edit that in a meaningful way in really probably two dimensions, you know, and we've talked about this before, but consciously in the moment, you know, what do I have agency over and more clarity on what I don't so that I have to sort of accept and allow without getting too upset about. And then what are the more unconscious permanent patterns or senses of self that can be changed and uh, and maybe even what can't there. So with that comes a whole suite of potential wisdom and real breakthrough 
uh, self change that is potentially possible for people. And, you know, I'm sure everybody thinks that their stuff is unique and amazing, or maybe they don't, maybe a bunch of people know they're faking it or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. for me, this really is, uh, different than what's out there. It's, it's different than other coaching. It's different than therapy. And, you know, recently, since we've last talked on the show, I've been checking in with uh, psychologists and other people to, to say, Hey, you know, what is this like and what's going on here? And it's not that it's so unique. It, it needs a whole new language or whatever, but it's, it's, it's different enough that it's uh, important. And so, yeah, I'm just trying to help people with this because it's been so helpful to me. And, um, and I, I enjoy, you know, helping people get unstuck and, and change themselves and change their lives. And this all came from I mean, your, your whole system, your whole idea of identity shifting or, or mindset shifting came from your own personal experience just to recap a little bit you don't have to get too deep into it but i mean you were you were homeless at one point you were you were living a life that was that was unfulfilling and then and you sort of came across this idea of changing your 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 sense of identity yes yeah i was i was a i was a disaster i mean i just and i you know the way i usually go into talking about that is like there's lots of people this is certainly not unique to me you know mm -hmm. that are that are in uh, abusive, addictive, difficult situations at far too young an mm -hmm. age. And all of those bad things happened to me. And I ended up, you know, as bad as it gets before you're, you're dead and there's no more, right? Mm -hmm. So it was homeless, it was deep addictions, it was massive dysfunctions and, you know, lack of trust in anyone, you know, mm -hmm. uh, intimacy stuff, just all the things. And to dig myself out of that uh, way more rapidly than I think is normal, uh, it, digging yourself out of that is not normal, but you know, in, in any shape. Uh, and then the way that I did it was, was so quick and, um, you know, effective sure. because I was able to become self-aware in a different way. And that has become what I now help other people do. And you don't have to be a disaster for this to be useful. Uh, but it works at any level that you are now to really optimize uh, you know, how your own mentation, how your own sense of self is occurring to you. And, uh, and, uh, I, that might not even seem interesting. Most people aren't looking inward. They're looking sure. outward at, sure. at things they'd like to be different out there. And this sort of says, Hey, let's change you first. And that is, that's sort of similar to the, the difference in then fake it till you make it. Right. It's not, you're not trying to convince others that you're this, and then maybe you'll start believing it later. It's really about like, how do you actually become that thing in this moment and what what is possible that you can become in this moment right and it's way more than what most people believe is possible and mm. so a lot of people are stuck in limits that are i call them actually delusions right there an illusion is something outside us that is you know we're mistaking because it's an illusion that we're perceiving inside is is a delusion mm -hmm. right we're delusional in in an internal sense and i tend to look at humanity in a in a very broad terms we're we're deeply caught in delusions about uh what's important what we value who we are all that kind of stuff and this is getting really to the heart of that and it it's almost like flipping a switch of wisdom uh, and, and that affords us many, many other things that we can change from there. I want to get deeper into this idea of changing your sense of self and the power that that has. But before we even get to that, you know, you're talking about external, external, uh, ideas of who we are versus the easy internal assumptions of who we are. Do you feel like, uh, things like social media and, and the constant bombardment with, with images of other people's external lives? make us more externally focused than maybe in previous generations we would have been? 
100%. I mean, absolutely. Uh, anybody who has an Instagram account, let's say, is now an influencer. No matter how large your influence may or may not be, sure. you know, you, you don't have friends on that platform. You have followers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so this is, you know, this pulls into, you know, some of Freud's work about superego or what now might be mm-hmm. called persona. Uh, our persona becomes deeply important to us. How am I being perceived? And we start to lose ourselves out into a concept of, you know, I'll be great when everybody else agrees I'm great or something, right? And mm-hmm. so we start having to show those things and, and feeling less than and comparing ourselves to not other real people, but other people's personas. And because we're not now in, you know, the more natural world of whatever, 50 years ago, let's say, uh, now it screens everywhere. And right. so we're constantly flipping into new ideas, new things, new stuff we think we should remember. Mm-hmm. And it's fragmenting attention. It's fragmenting sense of self. It's, it's doing all these things. And we see that, I mean, it's in the stats of, you know, how many young girls are, you know, committing suicide to sure. whatever, right. It's just, it's, it's bad. And so, um, I, I shouldn't just blanketly say it's bad. It's got a ton of positive stuff too, but if right. we can't self-manage this mm-hmm. new, uh, you know, uh, ability of choice and attention and what we can do, like we don't have to remember things in the same way now because we have external memory in the form of a phone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that we can just, you know, jot things down oh, or do whatever. Th- think of all the, just uh, phone numbers alone. Totally. I mean, I knew yeah. my 10 best friends' phone numbers backwards, forwards by heart. I think I still, I think I could still if you know put a gun mm-hmm. to my head remember some of them yeah uh when i was growing up and like now i i don't know anybody's right. i don't know anybody's exactly exactly yeah. and yeah and that is you know that affords us something but then also it's sort of like oh where is that thing was that a tiktok i saw or an instagram or was it in youtube mm-hmm. or like so knowledge management is like a new challenge now mm-hmm. but the thing is is that a lot of these challenges are challenges to keep up with what we think we need to keep up with today and what we actually need to keep up with today may not be that at all, right? We can get we can get diluted into valuing things that are actually not valuable to us. And sure. and so how do we where's the wisdom? Where's the meaning making, you know, sage that can be self-induced to go, actually, this is what I care about. This is what's most important to me, and be more and more correct about that mm. rather than more and more lost about that. Well, I mean, I think, you know, just to, to put another layer on this, uh, you you see these other people's external realities, and then you match your internal reality to their external reality. And you go, yeah. well, I don't then I'm not deserving of those things. That must there must be a reason why I don't have that. Forgetting that, you know, how much of that is curated. Right. That's that's like even the first layer. OK, so you're seeing somebody else's totally. curated life. But secondly, like you are you're internalizing the difference instead of instead of you know instead of thinking about who you are and how you want to navigate the world Mm -hmm. yeah instead of being productive too we're we're more and more and more becoming consumers Mm -hmm. and so these algorithms are are getting really good at knowing what you want to see next right and Mm -hmm. so it's real easy to just find yourself wow there went two hours where did they go and i was just consuming 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 sure and some of that was entertaining some of that didn't make me feel very good about myself some of that was me saving things to go oh i'll get back to that where i know how to now clean naturally with vinegar or whatever i saw somewhere and i'm like oh that's how i am gonna now clean my bathtub or what you know what i mean right we're we're and then that all of that leads to this 
uh, sense of overwhelm, sense of, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not grounded. I'm not actually here. I, I start living in one day I'll get there. Right. I'm, right. I'm not there yet. I'm right. not, I'm not, I'm not enough yet. I'm not happy enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not liked enough. I'm not popular enough. And so we're constantly striving and trying to get there. And mm -hmm. I, you know, we've, I'm sure we've talked about this, whether it was on air or not, but it's this treadmill of time. It's this treadmill of becoming. And the reality is, is this is your life right here. This tangible moment is mm -hmm. actually what's going on. And so how can we gain back a sense of real beauty and happiness in this moment? And on top of that layer, things that we truly care about that we want to be better at or get, right. you know, grow right. with and manage that duality uh, much more healthily instead of finding ourselves lost in I, I don't enjoy any of the moments as deeply as I could because I never feel like I'm there I never feel like I'm enough etc yeah this is a thing I, I often talk to uh, not just you but but other people that I interview about particularly people who are you know about achievement and happiness and mm -hmm. and 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 the like so there's this idea of you want to be grateful in the moment right yeah and, and present fully present in every, in any moment moment to moment but on the flip side, you also have things that you want and things that you strive for. And there's nothing wrong with striving and wanting and, and uh, you know, uh, delayed gratification of doing mm -hmm. work now, planting seeds now for, for uh, things that will grow and become, you know, fruit in the future. That's sure. good, too. So managing that duality, like you're, as you're describing it, is... Uh, is but it, let me add, let tricky. me add a third dimension to that. So the third dimension is now I'm desiring, but I'm taking no action to get toward that desiring. Mm -hmm. So then I'm escaping again in this moment to have immediate gratification, whether that's sure. potato chips or sugar or the right. Netflix thing or whatever. And then I'm coming back to even more complexity because more time has gone by now. I still haven't begun to build the business or I still haven't done the workout that's going to lead to the body I mm -hmm. really want. So it's, it's this management of this moment, not only in attention, but in, in sense of self happiness. Like, am I, am I, do I feel arrived? Do I feel like grounded and happy with where I am Right. with that? Where would I also like to be in 10 years? And mm -hmm. you know, what should I do now to get there? That's meaningful. And, but what we end up doing is neither of those things, right? We're not happy now and we're right. not working toward a future. So then we have this third dimension where I'm just resisting what is in a deep way. Sure. I don't like this about myself or about sure. the world. And now suffering has come in really loudly. So a large part of what my work does is it's a real escape from that unneeded suffering. Mm. It's a real sort of step outside to gain not one or the other, but both of those other things, which is how can I be in time using my sense of self really appropriately to be accomplishing in the real world that other people can see and mm -hmm. really building a legacy and doing all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But the entire time having this sense of uh, happiness and confidence in that process so that the now moment feels really rich and I have the capacity to be um, not lost in I'm not there yet and all mm -hmm. those kinds of narratives. Right, right. Wow. And, and not to mention, I add on to that this element of, you know, steroids that is that in your in your sense of distraction, in your mm -hmm. desire to self-medicate, there are a handful of very powerful, effective companies, whether they sell uh, tobacco, alcohol, or your attention, that monetize your desire to distract yourself. Oh, yeah. And so I mean, they will happily... All the companies almost, right? Right, <laughs> like, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> all the companies that make meaningful profits right now are, are, are basically what they do is they say, hey, distract yourself from the right now 
because it's going to feel much better. So, so yeah. in addition to your own desire to do that, because we we tend to you know want to take the path of least resistance, you now have that on steroids with these organizations that 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 profit from that. Yeah, it's getting very like that's where if we don't at an individual level have agency over our own attention mm-hmm. in a meaningful way, mm-hmm. which that's at the at the very heart of. You know, and it's this is like if somebody comes on board and begins working with me, this is ground zero. It's like what is the what is the basis that is making up your attention? Mm-hmm. And and so you know, in one sense, um, not to be overly philosophical, but I call everything that's happening just isness, right? It's right. like this is this is what is this sure. is what's happening right now. So it, to really break it down, there is isness. We have attention within that isness, and we're making meaning with that attention, mm-hmm. and. There, if we don't make good meaning, the whole story, the whole stack of what I believe about myself in the world gets very messy. If I can't manage my attention because it's being pulled around and I don't even realize that I have more agency over it than I actually do, mm-hmm. um, I'm just lost. And if I'm not managing my attention and my meaning making, my meaning making is also what I value or I find relevant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if I don't know what I find relevant mm-hmm. or I'm delusional enough that what I find relevant is actually not helpful to me, which mm-hmm. is very, very common. I am going to be manipulated by all those big companies that right. can make profits at right. exploiting that. And so I could be in an argument with somebody. You and I know that they're called lenses and stuff. These, mm-hmm. these, and we can get into what that is. Yeah, we're going to transition here. that in a second here. Yeah. But keep going. Um, if if we don't, it, we can work at that meaning making level of our lenses and what our beliefs are about ourselves and all that stuff, but even prior to that is some agency over our attention. Mm-hmm. And if we, if we don't have any of that, uh, we're going to be pulled into the next distraction. And that's, that's what's really on steroids. Now this ability, not only biologically with what's pleasing to eat or feel mm-hmm. or drinking and drugs and all that, but what's happening mentally in all the screens that we're surrounded sure. by. And, and, you know, everyone listening now has one, you know, within reach and it, right. it might be consuming this via that. And that little screen, you know, that black mirror that we've all heard of is, uh, is a constant, feel better mechanism right yep, and, yep, and yep. it's constantly pulling you to feel better in this moment and what that doesn't afford you is the ability to manage your own attention and then on top of that your meaning making in a way that really lets you be something that is what's much more you know in the realm of possibility for you which is way better than maybe you are today Right. Okay. So I mean, I think what you what you've just what we've just done is spent you know uh, like fifteen minutes identifying like a core problem with modern life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for all of its good, and I think you know some universal goods, things like clean, fresh water whenever you, uh, on demand. That's fantastic. Right. Um, uh, you know the hy- hygienic stuff. But one of the things that has happened is is exactly what you're describing is this fact that there are we carry around these black mirrors. We carry around this this these devices that keep us connected to companies that again just monetize us in a way that it, it monetizes us distracting ourselves yeah from uh the what is really meaningful in life so let's begin to Can I, before, go ahead before go, go, you go. do a big switch let me speak back because you mentioned clean water and it just brings up this other thing that i think is i mean it's interesting to me for sure um you're right. You know, we, we need certain things and, and we it, clean water, food uh, in these bigger structural systems like we're, you know, we're past. I, well, I don't even know if we're past COVID, whatever, but we're we watch supply chain challenges come up with COVID and all these things. Right? We're living in an ever more complex world and, and by that also fragile 
So if we're expecting that complex world to keep running, it also becomes more fragile as it gets more complex. Mm -hmm. What a lot of what's being exploited is that at our root level, our attentional demands to feel good in this moment mm. used to be based on evolutionarily what was right. what helped us right. survive. Right. Right. Oh, and we see this with food too. Like you Correct. know, we, we, yes. our desire for salt, sugar, and fat. It's yeah. because it's incredibly rare in nature and our Correct. body needs it. But Correct. what you have now is in little packets, salt, sugar, and fat in such a degree that our body can't even process it all. Right. And so that's happened so rapidly that we, and I know this is, people talk about this frequently. This is not a new idea. Um, but what I'm, what I'm really trying to pull out there is that the exploitation is to these, you know, hyper palatable ideas or uh, distractions or foods or mm -hmm. you know they're hyper addictive because we've gotten good at turning these dials that play against things that in a more natural world and i'm you know i'm not anti-tech i i love sure. technology sure, sure. a lot of stuff but it, you know when we were more in balance with nature let's say uh these things were if there was an orange there it'd be really good for you to go eat that orange but now you squeeze 50 of those into one container mm -hmm. and drink three glasses mm -hmm. of that that's that's hyper stimulus right it's way too much sugar right. for what's really good for you so that survival impulse We've actually got survival down to a great degree. Obviously, you know, we haven't escaped death quite yet, but mm -hmm. uh, we are, we're the, the basis of survival. We're surviving much longer and better in, in ways. And so these companies that you're mentioning are exploiting some of these base impulses mm -hmm. that really are here to serve us. But now if we don't, again, this is why we have to understand our own meaning making, our own agency with attention and choice and values. If we don't, if we don't have that capability, we get lost in a far too attractive immediate gratification world right. that leaves us upset, depressed, fat, you know, not as happy and sick. And, and, uh, that's something that we're, you know, we can really do something about. Okay. Uh, this is a great place to take a break. We're gonna take a quick break. Um, and this is perfect because we're when we come back, we're going to pivot. When we come back, we're going to pivot to identifying, uh, our sense of self this 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 um you know the, the uh, what we use for meaning making what our lenses are how we view the world what we really want and then how to begin to reclaim the agency that you and i have sort of uh danced around uh, as we've been talking here so i, I want to get to that place i want to get to that solution but we're going to do that when we come back with more with rob scott rob before before we got to the break uh, and, and I know you have a new course that, that identifies this, and, and I know that's, you know, that's fundamentally why, why we're here, but this idea of identity shifting is where I want to land. But before we got to the break, we talked about kind of uh, the fundamental problem in where our identity currently comes from and how we distract ourselves from actually making the meaningful changes that we want in our lives to get us to the identity that we feel we, where we really actually are. So um, let's... Let's start to go back into how we how we define ourselves and how that ends up defining our external world and what our self-beliefs are. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's it's funny because most of the time this is really unexamined for people. If I was to ask sure. you, what are you? Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, probably would quickly default to, well, I'm, I'm this body and this mind and this whole thing. Like I'm this mm. me, this sense mm. of me. But that sense of me is not actually quite as permanent as we think it is. And so a lot of what's really, really powerful is letting people know what is the stack of meaning making that you're doing that mm -hmm. actually is really the narrative that you end up with that you believe in personally that you think is you. 
Okay. Um, and I can play with that. It would, would it be fun to play with that just for a second? Is it, is it okay to do that? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. So does it make sense to you? Like if somebody were to punch me in the arm, it would right. make sense in everybody's mind to say somebody hit me. And I would say, Hey, you hit me. What are you doing? Right. Like I, I could go to court and argue about that. Right. right. Um, yet if, and this is subtle, but this is what we have to look for. If all of a sudden I have a broken arm because you hit me and now mm -hmm. I'm trying to go do a workout mm -hmm. and I can't, my arm is just not working for me, right? right. You're not there anymore. Now my arm is kind of holding me back. Interesting. Right? Yes. It's, yeah. I don't identify with my arm in the same way. Now, in fact, my arm is like almost an enemy, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's against me. This is the same thing with like tools we use. If I'm driving a car right. and let's say you bump my car and you didn't hurt me at all. Like I barely even jostled, but you might have like hit the paint. The narrative and the way that we think about that is you, you hit, hit me. me. Yeah. You hit yeah. me. Yeah. Right. Well, all of a sudden now, if my car's broken down, I'm blaming my car and mm -hmm. my car is not me anymore. My car is this thing that's a problem sure. out there. This is, this goes with families too. this. And, and so our sense of identity is mm -hmm. what are we identifying with? That is me. That is not, not me. And so you're a parent, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, if you're walking down the street, I'm going to guess that that guy across the street that maybe looks strong and maybe a little bit violent, mm -hmm. he's not you. But your family is you in a meaningful way, right? right? Like it's 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 like this is us. All of a sudden there's an us here. Right. And this goes all the way up into identifying like as an American and going and giving your own life for this idea that's bigger than right. you. Right. Right. Okay. Sure. And then in even spiritual senses, you could imagine if if anybody wants to believe somebody who says this, you know, maybe I could even identify as the whole universe. I could I could mm -hmm. go, you know, there is no them. This is this is all me in some sense, right? We right. just maybe imagine that. So that's going out and making the sense of self bigger than just your body mm -hmm. sometimes, sure. okay? And and that's a useful psychological function of what abstracts out what is valuable to me or us in this moment, okay? And what is not. So what is not me and what is me? And I start making decisions and you know, behave differently and value different things based on that. So if I'm going into war, me is like me and all my friends, because if they die, I die. Right. So there's this extension of me or what I identify with. Mm -hmm. That's the me slash us. Okay. The inside versus the outside, but let's go further in when I already, we've already sort of disidentified from our arm in, mm -hmm. in that example of now my arms being a pain when I'm at the gym. So then we might say, oh, well, maybe my sense of self isn't exactly my body. Maybe it's just psychological. Maybe it's in my mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then we go, all right, well, my mind is where I am and my body's a, you know, sort of a part of that sometimes. Right. Then there's the conscious and the unconscious mind. Right. Well, you're not your heartbeat. Like you don't have the will and the agency to just stop your heart or start it or right, it right. speed up twice. So then it's like, okay, well, maybe I'm only a part of my mind. And then we can realize, wait, there's things like multiple personality disorder where we can actually shift into whole different senses of self. That's very legitimate. You can, you know, do brain scans on these people. There was a time or, not long or ago. Or people who have like uh, hemispheric differences, right? Correct. Like, like this Correct. idea of uh, you, if you if you break the corpus callosum, which is the connection, but the small, uh, narrow bridge between the yep. two hemispheres of your brain, and and then you only feed information to one half of the brain versus the other. You can like the the. It's almost as though you have two separate 
brains. You absolutely do. And there's a lot of ideas that that connection, we would think that it would be to let information flow through. A lot of that is to hold off certain information that's going, mm -hmm. Hey, this is better processed over here. Mm. And some of that hemispheric stuff's really interesting. Like the left brain tends to just grab whatever meaning in the moment, like it will lie and confidently lie. It doesn't right. even know that it's doing it. And then the right brain is, is more this, you know, gestalt kind of area going, you know, trying to maybe be moral or do other things or whatever. But if you, in certain experiments with those brains, you know, you can ask a brain why it thinks something and know mm. that you fed it the information, but it doesn't know that that's happened. Right. And it will just make up a reason. Well, because the pencil was whatever, you know, it just does mm -hmm. that. And so that's what's happening inside us all the time we're grasping at meaning making and doing all this stuff my, my point here was is that my sense of self can land when there's you know uh, nothing really all that special going on sort of at my body but it can also be much bigger than that and much smaller mm -hmm. it's shifting all the time mm -hmm. and we don't really notice that or care right we're, we're um it's an, until we realize what that uh, can afford us, I guess. But I, let me just pause there for a second. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Of this idea of, of, of our sense of self can expand to include the whole universe. You know, we're all stardust and then can be as minute as just one single, you know, sense of consciousness Correct. relative yeah. to our body. It can be even smaller than our body. So yes, and, I, I get that. And then let's add and just even if you have like, and, and take it to, you said schizophrenia, but like, you know, ADD or or yes. depression and then you're drinking to, you know right. or taking a psychedelic or right. something right any of these chemicals can all of a sudden just change literally what reality feels right. like and right. is whether you're confident or not sure. uh, you know if you have too much coffee you might feel anxious and mm -hmm. just think gosh I'm such an anxious person but just take coffee out and you're way better you mm -hmm. know and so there's all these kinds of things that are affecting what we're perceiving and how we're feeling mm. and what's going on and so Another way to talk about this is what are you identified with? And when I say that, I don't mean that you're necessarily conscious of it. It's it's literally the default back pattern that is your position in the moment that you're almost looking through. So when your sense of self expands to protect a child or something and you're mm -hmm. like if that if that guy hit it, you know, you'd almost rather it hit your body than the child, right? So in that situation of you and your child, if there was going to be violence, it's like you're jumping in the way. You, you're now protecting the child over yourself. You're over. So that that's what I mean, where what are we valuing? And, and the actor that's in you, the, the mm -hmm. sense of self that's in you. Sure is like pre-conscious. It's what you're looking through that's that's happening. So I, I'm jumping around. I, I, I'm sad that I'm, I'm not being a little bit uh, even more clear in this because I want to go back for one second to that all the way up to the universe identification, all the way down to the smallest minute thing. There's actually a position where there's no self. There's no identification with self, meaning uh, there's no position of me. There's maybe just sensation directly. And I'm not adding any self or any agency on top of that at all that has a desire or wants to get anywhere or does whatever it's just gosh that's what my breath feels like or that's what you know my my butt in the seat feels like that's mm -hmm. uh, whatever's going on so i wanted to extend it further because i i'd remembered you'd said that right so what's interesting is i if at that large spiritual place if I identify as the entire universe, that's also kind of a no self, right? It's almost like it's a circle where we can meet back at, are we describing it as I'm not 
anything. And when I say I'm not anything, it doesn't mean that the universe isn't here and there's no, not but there's sensations. no, there's no, there's nothing that's unique to me relative to the other conscious beings. There's no, around. there's no sense of self in that right, moment, right. right? There's no other, right? Because self implies outside, right? It's sure. Like, uh, that I'm the thing that's different than what's, what's out here. Sure. So in any case, that's really all of that gobbledygook is just to illustrate that your sense of self is jumping around in its identification. What is it identified with? Meaning this is me, this is not me. Mm -hmm. And it's capable of doing that all the time. Mm -hmm. And if we got too weird, just go back to like what it feels like if you somebody hits your car <laughs> and then the next day your car's Well, a I mean, the car's too. a great metaphor too because like when you first start driving, everything that you do in the car is, is your body in this machine and you, you think... I, I have to pick my foot up and brake and, yes. and and shift. And then if you've been driving for even just a few years, the you meld and you don't think turn move my arm to turn the wheel five degrees to make it go that you just think go there. You just it, think go it left. Beco it becomes an extension of you. Right. Completely. Right. right? So, so that's a, a great that's a great example. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's fantastic. So this idea that that is happening to you as mm -hmm. a function that is here to support you in what in survival right trying to survive mm -hmm. to do this this is something we're all capable of of happening through us and to us gaining agency over that gives us an entire different dimension of uh power if you will right mm -hmm. so if all of a sudden i realize i'm getting really caught up in being jealous of people on instagram or whatever mm -hmm. And I could all of a sudden drop that version of myself and come back to just breathing, being present, you know, whatever, and truly dropping that sense of self in that moment mm -hmm. and even deciding to put on another sense of self. Well, let me put on, you know, hard worker or cleaner of house or whatever I want to do mm -hmm. in that moment. Now I gain some agency over moving, not just how I'm thinking in the moment, but how I'm truly identifying in the moment. Um, let me give one more example, just Please. because I, I think this is interesting. If you go to a party, you might feel really, really confident and you know, it's you're rocking. And I would say that's how you're identifying in the moment, mm -hmm. right? It's not that you're doing it on purpose. It's not a conscious thing. It's kind of happening through you. Then all of a sudden somebody who you're jealous of that you think others would perceive as much better than you or whatever, or some person that you're in a fight with can come in and emotionally just kind of wreck the evening. Now you can't stop thinking about them. You're mm -hmm. um, jealous of them. And all of a sudden your confidence goes through the floor. You almost want to slink out the back in some way, right? Is that, that's not an, uh, that's a clear example, right? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. So in that your identity totally shifted, but it happened to you. You didn't have any agency over it. So is there a way that we can make that more conscious, see that that's happening to us and actually not allow that to happen to mm -hmm. us and remain equally as confident, even with, you know, a better looking, more capable, you know, more whatever person in, sure. and still show up as our best self. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And, you know, along with a thousand other things that this can do for you, that's in the family of what I'm trying to help people mm -hmm. realize is possible. And that's a, uh, you know, people go to therapy for years to right. deal with an old trauma. And then it feels like a breakthrough 10 years later when they did it. And I'm not taking anything away from that because that's incredibly valuable, but this is, much, much faster than that and much, much more profound when you actually see, oh, this is happening all of the time, mm -hmm. right? And um, and so it sort of breaks the spell of how real our own uh, personal identity feels to us in any moment and gives us a lot more agency to uh, expand into what we really can be. I mean, those are some great examples of, of like how... To, 
there's some illustrative examples to give us a sense of like, okay, so our identity is malleable and changes moment to moment based on external stimuli, right? Right. Um, and so what, and, and one of the things- And that, internal stimuli, but yes. And internal stimuli, yes, yep. yeah, yeah. Our, I mean, uh, but then that begs the, another question of like where the self stops, right? Like is, is there, is a self-talk part of ourself or what? I just it? meant like if you eat a bad burrito or something. Sure, like sure, you're sure, gonna, sure. You're going to be in bed sick and that's a very right, different you right, than playing right. basketball and dunking, right? right. So yeah. Right. So you, yeah. So this, so these, these stimuli occur that change our, our sense of self, they change our meaning making moment to moment. Right. Yes. And then, and then, and then you begin to add meaning to everything. So if, if all of a sudden you, your people are making fun of you at a meeting, when they compliment your shirt, you're now assuming sarcasm, right? This is yes, just another correct. banal example yes. of it right now. You're assuming they're making fun of you additionally by it. But if you're having a really confident day and somebody says, nice shirt, you just take it at face value and you say, great. The shirt that I really like, other people are noticing and liking too. Win win. Uh, you know, you go on with confidence. Right. So, all right. So the the this idea of of stimuli adjusting self, I think we can kind of all uh, agree on. And this is and this is a big part of. You've been called. Uh, you said you, I don't know. I can't remember if you said it in this interview or, or at another time we talked. But cognitive behavioral therapy on steroids, right? Like this Correct. idea yep. that what you're doing is will help you get to that. I mean, a big thing with therapy is, is you identify yourself, you identify what, what stimuli in your past have actually generated your sense of self, mm -hmm. uh, and unpacking that and sort of generating a new sense of self. So you go, okay, I had this trauma at age 10 where, you know, uh, where, where something happened and I, and I, I felt insecure about this and then forever I have been insecure about this and I've been compensating for this feeling. Um, and, and then once you can unpack that, you can then not be insecure about that as much. And then you're not and then hopefully some of the compensatory behaviors go away. Can I can I kind of cut in there and just sort yes, of yeah, make, yeah, make yeah. a comment? One of the problems with therapy, and it's not all therapists by any stretch, but and this is and this is longer than this conversation to, sure. to sort of prove some of this. Um, but I think that because the therapist has a sense of self that maybe they're not even uh, as fully aware of as, sure. as as they could be. And because we're trying to know the self so well in through therapy, mm -hmm. like let's really know what's driving you. It's almost like a, a large percentage of therapy can end up almost getting stuck in the description of what has happened to you. Mm -hmm. So just finding that you are this way today because of what happened to you when you were 10 almost solidifies the identity rather right. than getting you free of it. So mm. it goes, oh yeah, well you're, you know, you do that because of the OCD of your mom when you were 10. And of course that makes perfect sense. You know, are you okay with that? Can you accept that about yourself? But it ends up becoming what you then go back to right. therapy to report on right. every week right. rather than being able to get free of it, put it down and then truly become a better version of yourself. It, okay. it just, does that make sense? Yes, it does. And okay. it, it's actually, it actually gets us much more quickly to the question that I want to ask you, which is how do you, without, without therapy, without the years of what we've been talking about, how do you get to that sense of self? How do you identify it? And then how do you begin to uh, change it or not change it or, or free it from, mm -hmm. from these stimuli uh, more quickly than, than this concept that you're talking about? Well, I mean, this is, this is what a lot of my work is based on. So there's a lot of ways to answer this. When you say, how do we do it? That would be useful to the listeners right now. Yes. Uh, at, you know, at the heart of this, I think just to kind of stay on track with what we've already talked about, 
if we can start to gain some skills with our attention, that's mm -hmm. incredibly valuable and we can do a lot with that. And then if we can gain some skills in the meaning making that happens on top of our uh, attention, sure. there's a lot that we can do with that. And I, I don't want to just repeat things we've talked about before and it's been a long time since we've talked. So it might be okay if we do that, but um, I'm also, I'm not going to worry about it because you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll restate, restate some things, mm -hmm. but for somebody who's just coming to this, I think one of the most useful things is to realize that they are mostly living inside their own thinking. Yeah. And I, I mean that very sincerely. So they're not aware that they are adding the meaning that they're adding. Okay. Right. I mean, so, in, in your course, you, you talk about fish swimming in water. You don't realize you're swimming in water. You just correct. are in water. Yes, correct. And so for somebody else, it's like they will they will be very sure that what they're seeing actually happened. And, you know, maybe to a great degree, that's true to whatever degree. But what they're not seeing is how much they're adding on top to the meaning. So, you know, my boss looks at me a certain way down the hall. I know that means that she's mad at me. Mm. Now I've got an assuredness of that meaning and that becomes a belief in me. Mm -hmm. It becomes what I think is true. Mm -hmm. What might really have happened is she had something in her eye right. or she was thinking about something else that had nothing to do with me. So, uh, I mean, you, sitcoms you play on this trope. Sitcoms play on the idea Correct. that you that one character adds meaning to a situation that is false, and then the disconnect in the meanings creates the conflict that is the humor of a show. I mean, that's all like, the time. Yeah, and so we're very good at seeing when other people do this. It's really obvious to watch when other people do this, and we make fun of it, and it's really really funny. And if we're a little bit more self aware, we can get good at going, "Oh yeah, I do that too." And mm -hmm. gosh, uh, you know. And then if we're really really good at it, maybe we don't carry it too long and we become more resilient mm -hmm. because of that etc mm -hmm. but for for each of us there's a limit where we we normally don't see when we just don't see when we don't see it right like sometimes we're making an error so just as an example because i think you said you were rebooting your computer you were late for this uh call with us right today, right right so i could have made a meaning about that like I don't matter to him. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't really like me. This is not going to happen. Like whatever. Like that's mm -hmm. a very real thing that in my earlier life I might have done. And then by the way, my way of dealing with that might be really timid or it might be, you know, F that guy. I'm never going to talk to him again. Right, 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 we, right. We see some version of that in people all the time. That doesn't serve me right mm -hmm. i want to be here for you and all i had to do was wait five minutes or whatever you know it wasn't and and do that in a way that has grace and connection and we'll figure it out right i don't have to make the meaning so because i've worked on this in my life i'm very aware of the meaning that i'm adding to things mm. and the default one that i grab to the thing that survival would serve up first is oh no maybe this guy that you really like and care about doesn't like you back and what should i do about that right that's mm -hmm. a very natural thing mm -hmm. to come online psychologically but i have learned that that first impulse may not be the right impulse so I, d I literally don't trust that first impulse of mine which might sound like that's not healthy but that's incredibly healthy because then i have the agency to go let me see right mm -hmm. and if that's true that's fine i'll figure that out later or i'll learn it it's not like right. i'm i'm now i'm now living in less delusion because i'm not believing my first insecurities about things and right. i'm not believing uh you know whatever so before when you were talking about people laughing at you in a meeting in, an, in the office i can just let them laugh and even if they are laughing at me it doesn't have to matter to me right right like it, right I, exactly. I get like i hope i hope i'm making you guys happy that's great so who the guy that can do that when we really look at somebody like that he's the guy who stops getting teased 
right? He's, right, because it, there's no fun in it. It's no fun in it. It's like, it's oh, he's immune to it because he's actually really okay with it. Mm-hmm. And and chances are he's actually a really cool person. Like, look at it. Wow, he's 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 unrattleable or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, guys, I hope you're having fun. Like, whatever. I, you like my shirt. And then it doesn't have to mean it's sarcastic or not, the shirt comment later. It's just like, mm-hmm. cool. But we then get back to what matters to me. Like, hey, I'm here for this meeting. What are we doing? And, you know, whatever. So uh, I don't know if any of that uh, really makes sense, but that level of agency is out at the meaning making thing, right? It's, right? it's now, how good am I at at shifting around meaning that is not serving me? And and the real secret there is, can I even see when it's not serving me, right? And and how do I start to discern, is that valuable? Is that not valuable? Sure. And that's, that's what I help people do really, really quickly. And also, I mean, good therapy can do that as well. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's at the heart of the game. The other part is that awareness and an attention thing, mm-hmm. you know, to what degree do I notice where my attention is? And they're very, very closely coupled, but you know, right now, just to show you what's going on, there's way more that's in the potential of your awareness that you're not aware of right now, but I'll invite you to notice what your left foot feels like right now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that literal move from wherever your attention was probably in idea space. If you're listening to language and, and listening right. to this now into a physical space, that's a move out of thought space and into physical reality. And because I just kept talking, we didn't stay there very long, sure. but, but that difference between the thought realm i don't know that that's you know it sounds overly dramatic but it is a thought realm that we're in most of Mm -hmm. the time and then we're having these little flitters back into our physical reality our experience of this moment Mm -hmm. in some way and then we're commenting on that back into the thought realm and so a lot of times i talk about that as being just lost in thought and if that thought's effective and it's serving you and you're successful and that makes you happy that's not a bad thing i'm Mm -hmm. not anti-thought But if you're lost in thought and it's gone down a rabbit hole of I'm not enough and nobody likes me and, you know, just uh, and the only way you feel better is to pound sugar in your face and then you feel bad about yourself emotionally and mentally again. Um, There's a move of attention of getting into this moment, learning to just be with the sensations or instead of having uh, the isness that's around you be something that you're rejecting or suffering from, be something that you're actually capable of not only accepting that would be the first move, but then really falling in love with it so that you can love, you know, flavors and the walk Mm -hmm. down the hall Mm -hmm. and what the breeze is and the sunset and the laugh of your child with you and all of the realness of being more grounded and present and here that's in the world of experience and, you know, adding appropriate thought on top to be in language and do other things, but not get lost in thought. I mean, I would get, I would go another step further and sort of say that because life has gotten for most of the developed world has gotten so comfortable and that doesn't mean that you don't have real problems but yeah. it means that it is exceptionally comfortable in sort of a human history from a human history perspective and it Correct. has been for several thousand years yeah. um and i'm not just talking about like 20th century and 21st century creature comforts but like you know in relative this is why i think you're seeing mindfulness and stoic philosophy are taking such a such a big foothold right now because they get back to this essence, this idea that if someone insults you, it is only in you that the power exists. It is yes. not the insult is it can end right with you right now. If you yes. feel slighted, if you feel angry, it can end with you. And this is why so many people in you know in this so many stoic adherents fast, or they would have these times where they went without. 
right? Mm -hmm. No matter what their wealth level was, they would have these periods where they would not do it. Yeah. Or they would not eat. They would, or they would reduce what they ate, because it, it it shows you the difference between what is and what is in your mind. It's one of the things that I love so much. I've run a few marathons, mm -hmm. and I love that about running marathons because you learn where where you where your mind uh, is limiting versus where your body is limiting. And yeah. so many of us can't find that separation. We can't find that separation because everything is just our mind limiting us. Yeah. Um, so that is like. That is it. When people talk about, uh, oh, I, why do you, why have you run marathons? I, I, you know, I, I really want to get in shape. But I think like I'd like to run a half marathon. I always tell people if you can run a half marathon, I with any kind of comfort, I guarantee you that you can run a full marathon. You're in good enough shape. Yeah. It just becomes a question of your psychological will on the day. It's a spiritual process. Correct. Um, yeah. And 100%. so, so I mean, you know, this is not to say that you don't have real discomforts and pains and uh, stressors in your life. That is just to say that from like a, from a physical perspective, we are way, way more comfortable than at any point in human history. And this idea of our mind being what controls that is really important for us to embrace. And well, then unpack. So, so, so much of our discomfort today is mental and emotional. Right. right. So, right. so because I mean, you know, and you said a couple thousand years and I'll deeply agree, but even a couple hundred years, like go back to pre-dentistry, like yeah. right where, or where they're putting leeches on your face for medical care or whatever that, you know, it's just the, the, the way that we have removed a lot of the physical pain, uh, the way that we uh, can address things physically like that affords a certain level of comfort that we then get addicted to and expect. Right. So that expectation now, if the slightest little, you know, do you think in the old West, if somebody looked at you bad, you know, the potential threat at that level was we might be in a gunfight later, right? right. It's, it's right. now it's Nancy doesn't like me and, right. and we go home and we're destroyed because Nancy might not like me. It's like, who cares if Nancy doesn't like you? Some of those stoic practices show you how much more resilient you really are mm -hmm. by choosing. I'm going to make this uncomfortable for a little bit and realize, oh, wow, I can survive this. And I think that's a lot of what you might get out of those marathons. It's all of a sudden you, you have this realization of like, look at what I can do. This is great. Right. And then the next day where it's a little bit uncomfortable, you're like, eh, you know, I can deal with that. Right. right. And so that's amazing. But so much of that is going on because we're lost into this mentation that we don't know is happening to us. And we don't know when we're getting overly attached to what somebody thinks of us or, you know, does that mean I'm a bad person or will I ever be successful or whatever the, the narrative is. And we, the narrative starts feeling real. It's, it's all of a sudden, if you go get punched in the face or you go have a real challenge in the world, all of those mental challenges kind of drift away. They don't, they don't, uh, stack up mm -hmm. as as importantly at all, right? But because we're so comfortable, we're we're lost in a mentation that just feels really uncomfortable all it, the time. It's why you know. Uh, it's why it's, uh, I forget which Greek philosopher said this, but it, I think it might have been uh, Aristotle. Or, or but it's it, where you you know you want your if your if your thinker if your philosophers don't train uh, physically. You're, uh, and your and your soldiers don't train in philosophy, then you're going to have all of your wars fought by people who don't think, and all of your thinking done by people who can't do anything. Um, I love that. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Sure, a, but that's a great idea. Yeah, but I but like the, it's why you know it's what I love about it's what I love about getting into the gym and doing exercises. Why so many people who are successful usually have a um, 
and there there have been several books around this have a background in at least some form of athletics sure. um or or some sort of activity that physical activity because it 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 grounds you in understanding where well, kind of the themes that we've been talking about, right? Yeah. Where the where the end of your body is, where where the mind and the body interact, and where the where your where your limiting ideas are truly limiting. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it's great. Uh, all right. Well, uh, this is a lot, uh, and I feel like we've laid laid some great groundwork. Uh, the, to go further, I mean, the new course that you're sort of the introduction to this for people. Um, is it available now? Is the power of identity shifting, is it available for people right now? Yeah, it is absolutely available now. If you just go to robscott.com and you can go sign up for a, uh, you know, it's, it's probably, if you looked at the whole thing, it's less than a movie, but it's broken out into five or six trainings and it's got some quizzes and it is a way to take you through the, the steps to understand the power of identity shifting, what it can do for you. You will get to learn about your own uh, mental biases and lenses and different uh, really cool ideas. And I, I think it's incredibly valuable for people. And I'm really, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. I'd, I'd like people to check it out. And I think it's going to help them. Uh, I, I, I think it's fantastic. You know, I've done a couple of your courses uh, in, in the past and, and I'm about halfway through the new one. Um, and I just think, I think we should all, we should all at least, all at least do this introduction yeah. to kind of give your sense and understand, give yourself at least the vocabulary and understanding to kind of go, oh yeah, no, I see where I am getting in my own way. Mm. Um, I see where, where I am, you know, where my assumptions are getting me into trouble. Cause I, mm -hmm. I see it happen. I see it happen all the time in, in communication missteps and ex in relationships and all, all kinds of stuff. So this is, it's, it's super powerful. Yeah. And the only thing I'd really want to say is like, you're, you're capable of way more change than you think mm -hmm. you are. Chances are you are holding yourself back in ways that are just not visible to you. And that's what we're really trying to pull back the curtain on to give you agency so that you can, you know, self-correct and self-change in the moment and, uh, you know, immediately. So yeah. that's, that's what's up. Yeah. I mean, and a a again, as we, as we wrap this up, this idea of yourself and this idea of, uh, of the the limiting thoughts that you have that are limiting your potential uh, and how to how to begin to really unpack that is it's it's all available to you like you said yeah um, aside from checking out robscott.com and and signing up for for identity shifting the power of identity shifting uh, what wh how can people follow up with you Rob uh, I mean just they can find me on social media and you know robscott.com is a great place to go just to look at whatever your favorite social is I am probably there and uh, you can follow me on you know Instagram Twitter Facebook whatever all the things uh, uh, but yeah links to the uh, socials are on robscott.com so go ahead and check that out you got uh, it. and last but not least is something I ask to everybody what is one thing that we can all start doing today that will make our lives a whole lot better mm. I'm going to give you the two that we talked about. Uh, start working with your attention and start paying attention to your meaning making. There you go. Rob Scott, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. It's always fun. Thanks, man. That's it for the show today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. It helps us out a lot. Follow up with John at facebook.com slash John Tesh. He's also on Instagram at John Tesh underscore IFYL. I'm Gib Gerard. You can find me at facebook.com slash Gib Gerard or at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter. I try to respond to every DM, every mention of the show because ultimately I do the show for you guys. So thank you so much for listening.